Welcome, everybody, to another fabulous or fantastic edition, whatever way you want to call it, of the Heat Ratio. I'm your host, Tony Cotillo, at TCotillo23, along with my co-host, John Toker, P- at PGHJohn36. I'm glad he said it this time, because I get all winded when I try to say it, but <laughs> I'm going to get a perf- perfection one time. Um, I think it's a little, another happy week. I say the week, another happiness week for uh, City of Philadelphia. Uh, we had a lot of things going on this week, as opposed, you know, Jason Kelsey showing up, giving a nice speech to the Phillies in tra- yeah. spring training. A lot, right? a lot of spring training speeches, man. They, I, that was that was nice to see all them people. I, I heard, I heard your boy Justin Timberlake even showed up. JT, JT, everybody up. hated on JT. With oh, the, I, with, hey, with, I know you're with, a big fan. I'm a you know big what? JT fan. Your birthday, I'm going to get you concert tickets. I, 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 would, I would go to see JT. Well, I'm not going with you. I'll get, <laughs> I'll get you a ticket. Uh, you're not going to go with me? No. Okay, that's okay. That's all right. I'll, I'll find plenty of people who like to go to see JT. I said I'd get you a ticket. No, you got to get me too. I need all a right. date. All right. But no, nah, no. Nah, it's, it's, in all seriousness, it's, it, you know, we knew this was going to be an exciting and uh, eventful offseason. Uh, for the Eagles, because listen, we talked about this before. When you win, everybody wants a piece of a piece of success, right? So they try to nip little every little leaf off every branch that you have, and you know we we already seen Frank Wright going. Okay, goes head coach of the Colts. Okay, we already seen that. Uh, what, what's the other coach change? Help me out. Oh, um... so for the Eagles, so you got you got uh, D. Filippo going yeah, to Minnesota, yeah. right, for offensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, you know, with 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 Don Zim, or with, with Mr. Zimmer out there, but you know, we threw a poll up, and uh, you know, this week to try to get ready for this episode because we would like to hear from the people, uh, see if they're on the same wavelength, I should say, of me and you, well, uh, because it, we're it, never on the same us. wave, yeah, you know. It's one of us. <laughs> but um, it was a simple question. It was just easy to say, hey, listen. What is the Eagles' biggest offseason need? You know, what do they go into this offseason with? It's it, it's a luxury right now, right? We don't have to go in and we don't have to worry about a quarterback position. We don't have to go in. We don't really have to worry about, you know, a, a running back position, right? We don't really have to worry about our offensive line. Uh, there are some questions with, you know, a guy like Jason Peters and things of that nature. What do you do because of money? Uh, but, but actual depth-wise, I think you're pretty good. So, you had three options, right? And for those who didn't vote and listening, you had linebacker, you had cornerback, and you had coaching. Okay, and I put coaching in there because you lost D. Filippo and you lost Frank Wright, two pretty integral uh, people that that played a huge role, especially with Carson Wentz's development. So it's going to be interesting to see how they go forward. So my pick was coaching. Okay, but the the fans' pick, the followers' pick was linebackers. So, and I think they hit the nail on the head a little bit. Uh, you know, there was a, I don't like to quote that uh, pro football focus a lot, but, you know, they had some interesting percentages of where Malcolm Jenkins lined up, okay? And uh, he played linebacker a lot. More than 30% of the time he played linebacker, which means you really need excellent coverage behind you if you're going to take your main cover safety because that's what he is he's a hybrid guy he's a cover safety okay that can lay the wood obviously just asked mr uh mr cooks in uh in new england how he hits but so i think that's a need uh, linebacker I, I really feel is a, is a problem um and uh i think we have a couple guys you know nigel bradham play well but there's another reason why nigel bradham is not a multi-year guy uh, are you going to give a three to four or five year contract to a guy who, let's face it, may not have that many years at that level left, right? You don't want dead money. Um, Jordan Hicks, another guy who in the middle is fantastic, but the kid can't stay healthy, yep. right? So Michael Kendricks, what do you do, right? So there's an interesting scenario. I don't know. What do you feel? Who, what do you feel the biggest need is? Well, I'm not with you or the fans. I'm, I'm going cornerback. I mean. I, I, that's okay. I, I agree with the – I'm not as concerned about coaching. All right, look, Deuce and Grow were there this year. You still got uh, Dougie behind, you know, running the helm. I'm not overly concerned. I think Wentz is a smart enough player that the coaching is not really going to impact it as much as giving up 500-plus yards passing in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, Darby, 
there, there's a lot of talk, you know, a lot of the fans. Oh, Darby, get rid of him. Oh, get rid of this guy. Get rid of that guy. I mean, there is mixed opinions, and I don't know that we truly know who any of these guys are. I mean, you got to see these guys perform more than just a six- to eight-week period, you know, more than just a year. And, I mean, hey, maybe it comes together and they just know how to play together. But cornerback, when you're getting torched like that, especially with the with the D-line that should be pressuring the quarterback and not giving them as much time, I mean, your your corner shouldn't have, you know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't have a big, uh, big time, but it's not like the guy's sitting back there for five, six seconds. Right. You know what I mean? So they should be able to handle it. I don't know. You can never, I mean, you could say you can never have enough X, Y, or Z. Um, I think cornerback's the biggest need. However, I would not mind them drafting a linebacker because I feel like those are that's the position where you get hidden gems you don't yeah, have to necessarily yeah, take true. a linebacker in the first round and a lot of times you'll get them hybrid guys you could get a guy that played D-end in college and this and that maybe even for a smaller school come in change them to linebacker and that dude's a beast so I mean linebacker I mean I think it's one of the easier holes to fill on a roster but I would say cornerback's the biggest need. I think in the draft they could address linebacker, you know, decently. No, I, I honestly kind of agree. I, I agree on, on both takes. And, you know, we got our, our buddy Mikey Googsex in, and he's going to be another contributor, looks like Coach Dave. And he kind of has the, the same feeling, you know. Linebackers, are, you know, Jordan Hicks can't stay healthy, right? Ronald Darby. Uh, here's a guy again got burnt. That's what he feels. He makes a good point about Sidney Jones. You know, we didn't talk about Sidney Jones. So, so Googs makes a, 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 a basically an example about Sidney Jones saying, "Listen, this guy," and, and Googs probably listened to me. We kind of had the same opinion, but you know, this guy would have blown Achilles, right? And, and I've been saying this ever since he was drafted. You don't know how a corner is going to react when a blown Achilles. You need the heel, right? You yep. need that. You need that part of your body. You 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 can't look in the future and say, "I know this kid's going to be good," right? I, I he has all the talent in the world, but you just don't know how good that Achilles is going to be. So you got a guy, you got Rasul Douglas, right? Who we we and listen, he played okay. So don't know what you have in him, right? You got Darby again. He had that ankle injury. Let's not forget about that. But, again, you gave up a third-round pick and and one of your best receivers in Jordan Matthews for this guy. So he needs to produce. And one of the reasons why you got him, he still had two years left on his rookie deal. So he's cheap, and he's supposed to be good. So that's a big decision you have to make. So Googs has an interesting point, right? He says, let's trade Ronald Darby and re-sign Patrick Robertson, which is the, the one-year veteran that we signed. Very interesting take. I don't know if I'd give that money to a, 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 an aging veteran in Patrick Robinson. He did play well. Uh, he played better than Ronald Darby. So if you take it in that perspective, it's probably a decent move. I still got to go by age, and I don't want to get locked up in another deal three, four years with an older guy. I just can't do yeah, it. So. I, I don't think, yeah, I don't like the long-term deal locking it up. You know, I mean, you want to re-sign him for a two-year deal or something. If he's up for it, that's one thing. But and he may be. Uh, Who well, knows? We, you, you know, you don't I'm know until you try, right? I'm Who knows? Still not, I I'm not ready to give up on Darby. I'm not saying that I necessarily liked him. I'm not saying that he played lights out. But you went and got the guy. Now, whether, you know what I mean, at the beginning of the season you got him, it was, oh, Darby's the next pro bowler. You know, I mean? You don't know. He's still young. You know what I mean? He got to prove himself. Like, he just got traded before the season. You know what I mean? There's a lot of things that go in. You're, he's, he's. I mean, how old is he? What is he, 20, 24 20, or 25? Yeah, so this this guy's moving his home from Buffalo or whatever. He's going to Philly. There's just a lot of different things. That, you know what I mean? I don't know. Put it this way. I, <clears throat> I, I'm not ready to trade that guy, a young guy that you brought in for a reason. You gave up the pick. You gave up the player. But you got you got to let him ride, especially after. Hey, you want it all. You know all, what I mean. All I can tell you, you though, you, and if you got him locked up, you you keep that and ride him out. What's the worst case scenario? So he becomes a, a nickel a nickel guy. Like yeah, I'm but, saying, if I I don't see you have look, that problem with Jalen Mills. I don't I, think Jalen Mills is a top cover in a, a corner in this league. I think he's going to be better, you know, better posed as a as a safety. 
And I think that's what you're going to start seeing him becoming, you know, a safety role. So in the next year or two, he becomes Malcolm Jenkins' replacement or Rodney McLeod's replacement. or You know, that's where he's going to be. So, you know, here's what scares me about Darby, okay? He's a very aggressive cat. That's what he is. I, I like that about him. He's not afraid to get in there. But my problem is I don't want my number one corner playing 10 yards off. I want my number one corner to bump and run. I want him in press coverage right at the line. I don't want him 10 yards off trying to get in there and get that slant and jump that route. I want him up at the line because in this league, fast receivers win, right? It's not a big receiver game. It's a fast receiver game. So you got to bump them guys and jaw them at the line. If you don't, they're going to beat you, and that's what they did. So that's what scares you, but you know, let, let's. You, you said the word trade, right? So, you know, I, I'm sure we could talk about corners all day long. But when we talk about trade, we talked on it last week a little bit. And, again, it was in the news, again, because you have, obviously, guys come out and they make statements. Uh, you know, Bill Polian, ex-Indianapolis uh, Colts GM, which when he comes out with these statements, I, I say to myself, how in the God's name did this guy become a successful GM? Because... He literally makes no sense to me whatsoever. So he comes out, and we talk about the trade of Nick Foles, and he says, listen, if I'm a GM, I'm accepting. I'm not even listening unless some team gives me starts at two number ones and two number twos. Buddy, listen, this isn't Carson Wentz, okay? I'm just, you know, this isn't the number one pick in the draft here that you're trying to move up for. I mean, what are we talking about here? I, I, I mean, listen, all, with all due respect to Nick Foles, you know, listen, kid, I, I love what you did, Super Bowl MVP, you went toe-to-toe with Tom Brady, you gave us what we never had in this town, but for two number ones and two number twos, you got to be out of your mind. I, I'm not making that deal oh, on the other side. I'm definitely taking it from Howie, but I'm not making that deal as another GM. How could, how, do you, how do you sell your fan base on that move? Yeah, well, and on top of that, like, I, Foles – I mean, he he's a situational quarterback. You saw, like, until he until no, he, he's no. I disagree. There, he's much better than a situational guy. No, I'm much not, better. I'm not, I'm not saying a regular situational guy, but I'm saying and the offense almost needs to be built around him. You can't just stick him in an offense that the offensive coordinator is going to shove down his throat and make him a quarterback that he's not going to be. Is is kind of my point. You know okay, I mean? I'll give you that. Saying, I'll give you that. He, he he has to have the right fit in the offense and have it a little bit tailored to him. I mean, we talked about it through the playoffs. You know what I mean? It was, look, what is Doug going to do to make sure that, you know, you can't run the same game plan, you know, that you did with Wentz that you're doing with Foles. Like, you got to adjust the game plan, you know what I mean, the call, play calling and stuff a little bit. I'm just saying, like, you can't just go and stick this guy in a run-and-shoot offense or something that he's not familiar with and have him succeed. Now, if you're you're running his kind of offense, yes, he's absolutely, I feel, a starting quarterback in the NFL. A starting quarterback. And you know his agent wants him to get paid, right? Of course he does. You know, he wants – he's looking for that. You know, and again, you know, the guy wants – and we all want to make money, but – we also look at the fact that this guy comes from money, right? You know, his daddy sold an oil company for over $100 million. So this this guy's got nothing but he he's, he's shitting money, dude. This is what this guy's doing. So with Nick Foles, and you've seen it this year, it's all about comfort level. Yep. He wants to be comfortable. He wants to enjoy who he's playing with. He wants to enjoy who he's practicing with. He wants to like his coach, like his teammates. He didn't like Jeff Fisher. He didn't like those guys out there in, in, in with the Rams. He liked Case Keenum, their buddies. That's about it. That's why the guy didn't flourish out there. It, it had nothing to do with Jeff Fisher. The guy just didn't flourish because he didn't like the situation he was in. So I still feel that his main goal is to stay here. That's my own, you know, my my own opinion. Now, Mikey Googs Texans and says, "Listen, no matter second round or higher, listen, you got to listen. I get it." He also says, "What you know, a team like the Jets throwing a hundred million dollars at him, he's got to listen. I get it." But the one thing Mikey says is, you know, he's worried about the Carson Wentz factor, and he says, "You know, let's not rush this. Let's not rush your franchise quarterback back." Car, uh, you know, Nick is a nice insurance policy. I disagree with that. I don't think it matters. 
And, 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 you know, I really don't. And I think people are telling me I'm crazy. People are telling me, listen, you're, you're not sensible right now. You're not thinking. I am sensible. We just won the Super Bowl, okay? Landscape, again, changes, just like I said last week. So we're not we're chasing trophy for the second time, right? Not the first time. And we know Carson, when he comes back, if he misses four games, if they like Nate Sudfeld that much, if they don't, they could sign a veteran. But I'm sorry, in a draft where you have no second and no third-round pick, you must look at every avenue to upgrade your team with players that are going to be cap that are going to have cap friendly numbers and if Nick Foles gets you those guys right now at the all-time highest level his value is ever going to be you have to make the deal like Sal Palantoni said do the deal right you have to do the deal you have to look for the long haul and look down the future Carson will be okay if he misses four games, what do you, even if you go two and two, okay, you're going to be okay. You can do that. You have a team built to do that. So let's not worry about that. And uh, listen, I'm not saying, not, not to get on right here, but I'm not saying go out and trade him right now for anything you get. No, 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 no. I'm saying somebody gives you a two or a definitely a one, Stop. you got to take it. Well, and I mean, in reality, I, I'm even going to relate it back to fantasy football. Is it any different? If you have if you have two starting quarterbacks, and I'm talking fantasy wise, you're in a twelve team league. All right. Okay. My one league, I had Tom Brady and Carson Wentz. What do you think I'm doing? Do you think I'm going to have them both to have one of them sit on the bench, or if I could get value for a guy that's not going to play, you go and get the value for the guy? I completely and, and, agree. And I, I mean, fantasy and NFL are no, no. So you're right things, though. But it's, it's an insurance policy. Right. Some people want the insurance right. policy. Some people don't. Right. 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 And if you need to get through three to four weeks, I mean, yeah, that's a heck of an insurance policy. I'm not saying go hunt down the offer, but if the offer comes to you. Yeah, you go sign the Bobby Hoyer or whatever as your backup or what, whatever you need for the Brian uh, Hoyer. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's with Bobby he, Hoyer. You know Bobby Hoy. Yeah, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, both. You, you know what? You could si- cut Sudfeld and sign both of them. Yeah, bring Bobby yeah. Hoyer back from retirement. Yeah, exactly. And Tim Koch and every other uh, Browns. Quarterback Just bring Tim Tebow like. back too. What the hell? No, he's a, he's a he's a Met. Tra- yeah, he, he's yeah, a Met. He's a spring training with the Mets. But you know, on the you know. To go along with the other point that you said about Nick Foles, you know, wanting to play somewhere where he likes the coaches, likes the players, you know, and it's just the right atmosphere, you know, and and the agents, they want the money. You know what I mean? They want their clients to get the most amount of money. They get the most amount of money and everything. But there is just something to be said. And I mean, this can relate to every single person in the world. You got a job and the grass is greener and better pay. And I mean, sometimes it's a necessity but you don't realize sometimes you the grass is always greener. You go there. Okay, so you made a little bit of extra money, but you know what? You're miserable. Yeah. You don't like the people you work with. You yep. don't like the the rules and regulations. I've learned that as an adult. I have too. Right? Right. So, it, you know what I mean? It's it's some of those things. And I'm, I'm going to give a shout out to my man, Lev Bell. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, tell him, you know what? Got to go to the Pittsburgh connection. Hey, just just take just take the offer that the Roonies are giving you. But I mean, in all reality, there there is something to be said for camaraderie and being with your team and and really enjoying a situation. And those are the teams that get the most out of their players. You know what I mean? Not mismatching, throwing players in. I mean, if you if you have so much turnover, especially at the quarterback. But, I mean, you have turnover. Okay, now we need to bring in a wide receiver. Then it takes a year for the receiver to get up to speed with the quarterback. Absolutely. Then you get a a running back. Now, all of a sudden, okay, now Kirk Cousins is gone. You know what I mean? Or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? You got to get that core and got to get people happy. You know what I mean? And Uh, I'm not saying people fans. I'm talking people players. No, I agree. And, you know, you say you said the word camaraderie, right? And I think that's a great word. It's a, a perfect segue into my, I don't know if I should start calling these rants of the week. I don't know, but um, I, certain things bother me from time to time, whether it be things I see on TV or outside people don't use turn signals, don't you know, don't know how to wait in line, you know, whatever it is on a daily basis. I, you know, I'm a very opinionated person. If you haven't, if you haven't understood that yet, um, John's known me for a long time. A lot of people out there listening know me for a long time, but you know, today when 
the whole coaching search came out, and I was highly pissed off. Okay, when it was announced that Mike Grow was going to be the uh, offensive coordinator, first thing I thought was, "Wow, not even giving Deuce a shot," and I was pissed. Okay, and, and, and you know what? We all have our own opinions. Okay, I, and I'll tell you real fast why I was pissed. And I said on this show last week because I was tired of us letting homegrown players and coaches leave. Okay. There's a certain individual out there. He's probably not listening because he says I suck, which is all good, okay? But he basically said I was just throwing names out there with no recourse, okay? Which he's wrong, okay? Jeremiah Trotter, Brian Dawkins, yes, they left. You know, Trot left. He followed the money because the Eagles wouldn't bail. Eventually, he came back. Ask Barry Gardner and them how that experiment worked. They sucked, okay? They missed Trotter. Brian Dawkins left. Okay, because they wouldn't pay him an extra couple million because Joe Banner was pinching pennies. Another true eagle. He goes to Denver, and we were still trying to recover from that loss until we signed Malcolm Jenkins. Okay, two moves that should have never happened. Now he's back again with the organization. Another guy. Okay, and, and everybody said, "What about John Gruden?" John John Gruden was a homegrown a homegrown coordinator. Okay, that we let go, become a head coach somewhere else. Okay. They were just my examples, and the reason why I mentioned them is because I thought they laid credence to this point. Well, that did come out later on that Deuce to get the assist. He got the title, so we're charging the running backs. We'll make a little more money, but it's a more credible role for a guy who I think deserves it. But the rant is, here's the deal, okay? We are all in this radio, podcasting, streaming, whatever you want to call it, okay? We're all under a huge tree, Okay? camaraderie you mentioned camaraderie you know we all have the same goals man we do we all have the same goals we do this out of the necessity of the passion of what we do the passion of us as sports fans to bring you a unique view and opinion it's the same thing you go on the radio you flip the station you maybe not like what you know al morgani talks about or an Angelo Cataldi, and you like the Cuz, and you like Eton Shander, or maybe you don't like Joe, Joe Giglio, maybe you like Vince Quinn, whoever, whoever, it doesn't matter, okay? Maybe you go to the AM stations, okay? Maybe you go to AM 610, maybe you like Natalie from 97.5, maybe you like guys, podcast networks, all wildfire, the, the, you know, who we're with, maybe you like guys on Philly Influencer, the guys who I work with, Fourth and John, okay? There's, there's the, the, the point is, we're all bumping that grind man we're grinding every single day and we're doing it because we love it we love the interaction with the audience so i kind of get pissed off when i go on and i get attacked personally by people okay i take that very personal and it's okay i understand it's part of the business i understand it's going to happen but when people don't know shit about what they're talking about. And this is no disrespect. For people who don't know, who probably know already, I've run the social media accounts 90% of the time for phillyinfluencer.com. Okay? I Yes, I work with Sean Brace. And I had this individual tell me that I basically ride the coattails of a news figure. Like, I didn't know who you were talking about. Just remember, young son, okay, I've been doing this for a long time. And I think Sean will admit, and I think he'll back me up on this, that as much as Sean has showed me, which I appreciate every minute of it, is as much as I've showed him. Okay, we work together. Okay, my whole point is we should all be proud of one another we should all be in this one huge network to support each other's shows support each other's views agree to disagree that's what this is all about who if we had perfect people who said the same jargon every day why on god's earth would you listen right you don't listen for that what you do is you listen to get a different perspective and i know i'm going on a tangent but it really pisses me off because you get these people these trolls these twitter trolls okay to get on the internet and you know, they want to talk and they want to talk and they want to talk. But last time I checked, dude, stop it. I don't call people out. I don't call people profane names. It's not worth it. Why do that? We're supposed to be working together. Okay? That's what we're supposed to do. And I think people would agree, all the people out there would agree, that let's have this big support system. Twitter's a great world. It really is. And and the best thing about it is, you know, all races, all genders, all ethnicities, everybody comes together and gives their own view. I mean, look, just at the heat ratio alone, we have people from New England follows. We have people from Ohio. We have people from Pittsburgh. You know, I get guys who say, hey, listen, you know what? I really don't like the Eagles, but, man, you guys really deserved it this year. Congratulations. Okay, guy from Texas checking in. Okay, 
That's what what podcasting, that's what radio, that's what internet streaming does. It brings everybody together. And I just want to give a shout out to everybody. You know who you are. Everybody that's bumping that grind. Everybody that's putting that pencil to the paper every single day. And let's face it, who's not getting paid, okay? Who's not making a living off this shit, okay? But they're doing it and they're breaking their balls and they're doing it. You know why? Because they love it. And they love it, and they're friggin' good at it, and they deserve all the accolades in the world. That's my rant for the week. Sorry I got long-winded, but it was just something that really bothered me and something I needed to say. Tell us how you really feel, Tim. I mean, come on now. Hey, hey, hey John, I listen, we it. didn't get the Periscope going. Tell everybody how much my, my hands oh, were yeah. blocked. Yeah. I would have knocked somebody out. The Italian <laughs> came out. Yeah, Italian came out. The hands are flailing everywhere. But no, I agree with you. Look, I, I don't know. I've never in my life put anyone down that I've worked with. No, no reason Either to. Either you try to teach them to make them better, or if someone's better than you, you try to learn from them or expand what, you know, I'm good at certain things. I'll, I'll go and try to learn something that's outside of my realm with somebody, you know what I mean, that I know that's better than me. You know what I mean? Build myself up. Or I'll try to help somebody learn something else or something new but there's absolutely whether it's the corporate world in the social world or whatever hey you can ad- agree to disagree you can have arguments yes. and this and that that's what it's about there's absolutely no reason to not support people to do what they want to do listen you know what i mean we we uh, you know again I'm on Facebook. I, you know, I, I get these guys. I know them like Mike Elliott, Alex Uran. These guys who have followed PhillyInfluencers.com for 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 the the, the the last number of years, who've been on the Facebook page when I've wrote articles about I want Bryce Harper instead of Mike Trout. I'll trade PG thirteen for Ben Simmons. They told me I was out of my mind, but you know what? At the end of the day, I gave them reasons on why I said it. I backed up my point, whether you liked it or you didn't. And you know what? At the end of the day, we agreed to disagree. And you know what? He might have told me, Yo Tone, you don't know shit about basketball. But at the end of the day, he would say, I understand why you're saying that, okay? These are the things that happen. That's that's part of the business. That's what I love about it. And certain things like that, I, I gotta stop feeding the trolls. Okay, I'm done. Next question. Yeah, no. All right, let's go. Right, we're going to talk about a cowboy on a Philly Uh-oh. show. Okay, and, and I got to bring this up. Stephen A. comes out on first take. We're talking about Des Bryant. Okay, talk about Des Bryant. $16 million, second, pay highest, second highest pay receiver this year. Okay, uh, you know, below Antonio Brown, obviously the king. But, you know, maybe gets cut, maybe get let, – let, let, he painted a scenario that the Dallas Cowboys cut Des Bryant. Knowing what you know about Des – and I know you're a Pittsburgh guy, but let's pretend that you're an Eagle guy. You bleed green. Okay, I know you bleed black and gold, but I know you're also an Eagles fan. But let's, let's roll reverse a little bit. Do you take a shot on Des Bryant? I don't have a problem with it. I mean, if, it, if he was a Baltimore Raven coming over, I mean, you got to look at the makeup of your team. And is that a need? Is that going to somehow create salary cap relief? It's not going to create salary cap relief. So right. So, but my point is, you know, what I mean, you got to look at the whole thing. Is it going to disrupt the locker room? You know, what I mean, I don't necessarily think so. I mean, you got to talk to Des, and and, uh, hey, you don't know what his mindset is. So let Stephen A. say what he wants. Maybe Des is like, you know what? Hey, hey, Decepticons turned into Autobots at one point. You know what I mean? Everybody from the dark side comes to the good side. It's some, you know, not everybody, but I mean, it happens. You know what I mean? So maybe he's like, yo, I'm sick of this Dallas. I'm sick of the Jerry Jones. I want to go to a winner. Philadelphia, I want to come here. That's what I'm saying. If, if the money's right, now, where does, I, where but does, does he, he have anything left? He got something left. He got so, something left, but he can't come in here with the mentality that he's going to be the number one go-to receiver. Well, that's the thing. And, and, and we see him on the sideline, right? We see him pouting. Well, guess right? what? When he gets cut with a $16 million salary, he's going to realize, you know what I mean, what he actually or is. Or he, he could be Keyshawn Johnson. Just say, you know what? Screw it. Right. Well, or he's just not coming to Philly. <laughs> well, that's true, too. And I got to give a shout-out real quick to my boy Steve Librand. Crack Bell Podcast, okay? And the reason why I say that is because we got no discussion before the year. And he he swore he was trying to get me on board and tell me Alshon Jeffrey 
was a better receiver than Dez Bryant. I told him he was out of his goddamn mind. I would take Dez any day of the week. Well, after watching this year, I got to admit, maybe he was right, and I was wrong. I mean, if, if that's the best Dez has to offer, then I, I'm taking out Sean Jeffrey. So, Steve, I, I, I'm going to give you this one, but let's play out one more year and see what happens. But, you know, and that brings us – we're talking about receivers, and the reason why this is kind of segue, and, and I know people out there, you know, never get a cowboy, this and that, because that's what the discussion going to become. You know, I'll never take a cowboy. Stop. Let's just stop the discussion right there. If he betters your team, just like DeMarco Murray, we didn't want DeMarco Murray, right? But we yeah. met him at the airport, and everybody was going nuts when we signed DeMarco Murray. So I'll, I'll put right? I'll put Terrell Suggs in black and gold any day. See, you <laughs> know it doesn't matter there, if man. he improves your team. You go, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden. I like Joe Hayden. From the Browns. I'm hey, saying, hey, yeah. hey, once you put on the the right colors, man, it, that, that's all. That's all in the past. And and like you know, he he definitely like we said, he didn't have the the best of years. There were some injury factors. That whole team was screwed up out there, but. It brings us to, we're going to stick with the receiver role because I thought I seen some very interesting quotes this week. I always look around at quotes, things to talk about on the show, things I think, you know, we, we could conversate about, maybe parlay over a little bit, maybe ad-lib a little bit, you know, whatever it is. But Keenan Allen, we all know Keenan Allen, wide receiver, number one wide receiver of the Chargers, came out and said he's the best, proclaimed, self-proclaimed best wide receiver in football. Okay, last year, break it down. 102 catches, 1,393 yards, six touchdowns. That's what I'm finding, okay? So, Mr. Keenan Allen says, I'm going to give you my top five, he says. Himself is number one, Antonio Brown number two, Julio Jones three, Odell number four, and D-Hop number five. My question to you, Mr. Coker, do you agree with that top five? I would say that's the top five, not in that order. You would say it's a top five, not in that order. Would, Nobody, you I may, would, you may creep in there. I mean, not off the. I mean, off. No, it's it, when he says that it's not something that sticks out where I have an issue with. No, I would say that's that's real close to the top five. So you still put Antonio number one? Oh yeah. And and, and listen, yeah. we're talking yeah. right now just for for purposes here. We're just talking on NFL level. We didn't get the fancy talk yet. We're just NFL level. Yeah. I yeah. see. I think Fitz has got to creep into that top five. Fitz doesn't have the speed that he used to. I mean, doesn't need to have the speed, right? You're well, talking about NFL, right? Yeah. No, fit. No, uh, no. Well, it it's it's hard to it's come hard, on, man. It's hard to break these things down because right. no, because it's it's never a pure. You see, Fitz with the Arizona Cardinals and the guy that he got thrown to him. Okay. You see Antonio Brown with Ben Roethlisberger and the guy he got. You see Des Bryant. But there's but the there's certain things you can use, right? There's certain stats you can use. I'll throw one at you. Larry Fitzgerald, three years. How many drops Larry have in three years? Guess. I would probably say thirteen. Six. Six. The guy had six drops and caught 325 balls, dude. I believe Okay? That's two a year, average. Keenan Allen had six last year alone. Okay? So what I'm saying is, this guy, best hands in football. Oh, Larry Fitz. Right? Hey, I still still remember when Randall L., when, when the Steelers were drafted in the second round, and they said wide receiver... And they took Antoine Randall L instead of Larry Fitzgerald. Ouch. Yep. Ouch. But, and and but Larry I, is well, a Pittsburgh yeah, alum, exactly. right? Yeah. I mean, come yeah. on. So no, hey, I I love Larry Fitzgerald. Like, dude, I, I'm not taking anything away from him. And you bring up the drops, and I don't have stats. I don't even know what they are. But it's kind of like the plus minus in hockey, or plus minus. No, in you're right. Because I, what I want to say is, okay. And I don't know what Antonio Brown had, and I don't know what o- OBJ had or any of that stuff. But how many pluses did they have? Do you know what I mean? Okay, so they might have dropped a couple because they're turning their head. I'm not saying it's acceptable when you're a Pro Bowl receiver to be turning your head and dropping a ball. But how many one-handed grabs with two fingers behind your head did you pull down that should make up for that drop? You know what I mean? I hear you. I, I love. I Larry. hear you. I love Larry Fitzgerald, and I tell you what, I've been riding his. Everybody every year in fantasy writes. He's him done. Off. He's, He's old. done. He's old. Let me tell you, 
Larry Fitz has been my number three receiver drafted in a couple leagues over the past years because he just keeps falling. I'm like, dude, he does. I'm I'm taking Larry. I'm taking Larry Fitz. If I got if I got guys, whatever, Julio, Keenan Allen, and Larry Fitz. That was those were my three receivers in my one league that was drafted. I mean, I I'll take Larry Fitz all day there. You know what I mean? And you know he's catching balls. Oh, absolutely. Well. And, and again, these are numbers with you know you had a Carson Palmer who wasn't in his prime, and last year we had Drew Stanton oh, throwing to him. Would, yeah, I'll take Carson Palmer any day over Drew Stanton and uh, what was the other knucklehead? Uh, it was Stanton and um, oh, you got came in for a couple games. You got me, when man. Stanton got hurt. Oh, that's gonna bother me. Yeah, you, you need yeah. to you, you can look that up because yeah. I I have I, I just I have a problem with I can't say if. You know, I always look at this and say, if I'm starting an NFL franchise and you tell me you could pick one wide receiver to start with, it's not going to be Keenan Allen. No. No, right? Um, no, uh, because uh, you look at how many full seasons he's played, too. You, you mean, could, yeah, but you could talk about that with Odell. And, you right. could talk about that with Julio Jones. Exactly. And, and That's what, why you got to go Antonio and, Brown. Well, oh, yeah. And what I'm going to tell you is also, so I mean, injury is one thing. Physical body I mean, ah. Julio Jones is a physical specimen. But he's he's got that he's got but the hit. He doesn't he doesn't hit that like I don't even know how to explain it. He he has trying to say every, he's average. No, he has he has <laughs> every tool. If he had Antonio Brown, whatever passion, health, whatever, and put that into Julio Jones's body. I mean, that's like Randy Moss on steroids. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I'm just saying. Randy yeah. Moss on steroids. But, no, Julio, he got the speed. He got the size. Whether it's game, whatever it is. Like, you never you never know. You yeah. never know. But he doesn't. I he, think I think people are sleeping on my boy D-Hop. I'm sorry. Oh, if I, I mean, here's a guy, right? Who, mm-hmm. uh, who was throwing him the ball last year? Yep. TJ Yates. Tom Savage. I mean, think about the guys he's had thrown in the ball yep. over the years, right? Hey, I mean, obviously it's told Deshaun, you know, Deshaun got hurt. Yep. I, hey, I'll, I have no, hey, Watson will be back, obviously, but. the best two receivers in the NFL think, right now, I have no problem, A.B. and D-Hop. I, I, you know, I agree with you. I'm not talking about fantasy stats. No. I'm not talking no, about me ability. OBJ, he catches balls, ridiculous uh, balls. Julio has ridiculous size and uh, speed, but. You want to just talk about the receiver player yep. that just shows up, does what he needs to do, gets the ball, makes things happen. I, I'm fine with D Hop number two. No, no, I, I completely agree. I, I mean, I think I think I, I put Larry at number three. I mean, people might say that's too high, but I I would put Larry at number three. I think he deserves to be there, even at 35 years old. This guy, he's a physical specimen. He's a he's a phenomenal person, Smart. athlete, teammate, yep. you name it. I mean, this guy does it all. He's that one guy who, if your child, uh, you know, aspires to be an NFL athlete and a professional, that's the guy he looks up to. Yep. Go look up to Larry Fitz. Yep. You know, we need more players like that. Absolutely. Yeah, we really do. So, you know, that's the swear we talk about professionals and we're talking about great players. So, you know, I, I want to bring up something. Obviously, this was NBA All-Star Weekend. And, um, you know, we you had the skills competition, the Rising Stars Challenge, three point shootout, uh, slam dunk contest. Uh, isn't like it used to be. No. Um, you know, I I threw a little thing out there about who was the best dunker of all time, which I think was interesting. Uh, you know, Doctor J, Michael, Dominique, Vinsanity. Uh, you know, people had some very interesting uh, analogies when it came to it, and I and I think they were right. Like, so said, you know, Vince made dunking cool, right? And he did. All right. You know, Doc, Doc invented the dunk, right? He really did. He trained Michael. Okay. Michael, Michael kissed the rim. Not many people can kiss the rim. Michael made that cute, right? He made that hot. He made, I mean, Michael really, he was the epitome of the dunk. But the reason why I bring this up and I, I talk about Michael is, and this is courtesy of Sports Facts Central. I thought this was a very interesting t- uh, statistic, especially I, I coach basketball now. You coach basketball yes, this year? I do. All right, so we both coach basketball, obviously youth. Uh, you know, but you, you see the styles, how it has changed over the years. 
Everybody wants to be Steph Curry and shoot the three. And nobody knows what a post-up is. Nobody knows what isolation is. Everybody wants to stand outside on the three-point line. So it came out with a stat the other day I thought was very interesting. Bulls, I'm going to let you know. Bulls were my favorite team growing up, okay? 39 years old, okay? And that three-peat years, okay, when Jordan and Jordan went out of the league two years, came back, won another three-peat. Okay, those years were probably the prime. I mean, I was in high school then. So that was when I was really into the NBA, man. I, I was so in the NBA. I mean, obviously, I mean, so many great players back then. Well, I knew, and that, you know, it really that, was. That's when I was drafting Scottie Pippen because he was always underrated and filled he, out them stat sheets. Like, he man, was. Everybody wanted Jordan on the team, which, hey, you can't deny what it – but, dude, I was taking Pippen all the time. I was always I, having Scottie Pippen. I don't disagree with you. I mean, uh, yo, Scottie Pippen, what was he? He was number – one of uh, NBA's greatest fifty players. I mean, he was in that. I mean, Scottie Pippen. So a lot of people say they take away from Jordan because they say he had a guy like Pippen, but it, it's not kind of where I was going. Going is you know, courtesy of uh, Sports Facts Central, they they came up with a stat right, beginning in nineteen ninety, okay, which is when the Bulls really started their dominance, okay. M beginning with nineteen ninety, MJ and the Bulls never had a three game losing streak for. Eight years, dude. That is unbelievable. When you think about that, eight years, they never lost three games in a row. That's that's unheard of. That just see that's a difference, okay. And the reason why I bring this up, I hear a lot of people say with the Warriors, and you know, you know, they say ah, they don't care about the season. They worry about postseason. You know what? I have a problem with that. And the reason why I have a problem with that is because, you know, look at the stat like this. The reason why they never lost more than three games in eight years in a row is because they cared. They wanted to have 70 wins. They wanted to be the best team in the NBA. And they wanted to destroy the competition in the postseason. So it's a different game nowadays. But oh yeah, that, that stat, I don't think that will ever be broken. Probably not. I mean, that's something. Probably not. You think about. You know, you think about all the players, right, that Jordan blocked from winning a championship. Yep. Ask Carl Malone. Mm-hmm. Ask Patrick Ewing. Okay? I mean, and that's the thing. You know, when, when the playoffs, I mean, the semifinals were, you know, when it, you know the Bulls played the Pacers, the Knicks, these went seven games, man. These were gruel. I mean, that Knicks team, dude. Ewing, Oakley, Anthony Mason, John Starks, Charles Smith. I mean, these guys were phenomenal. I mean, they just pounded you to oblivion, right? I mean, Jordan was getting picked up on every play. You know, Indiana, you know, you had the Davis brothers, Reggie Miller, who for my money, best shooter of all time. People are going to disagree with that. That's okay. My money, best shooter of all time. I mean, guy like Detlef Shrimp. Okay, guys, forget about this guy. I mean, you know, these guys, Jermaine O'Neal, uh, you know, he was a star, you know, a little later on, but, you know, obviously has the, has the pace or mentality. But uh, it's just, you know, it was a different game back then. And Akeem Olajuwon should send Michael Jordan a postcard because the only reason why he won two championships is because Michael wanted to go chase baseball. Okay, because if not, the Bulls would have won those two too. So it, it just, just, I just want to talk about how much the game has changed um, over the years, and, and ju- that, that, so much yeah. more is money. Yeah. It's money now. Oh, oh, I mean, I, it's I all it. money. That's that's the biggest. Difference. Yeah, but it was money back then too. It's Let's not, not forget money. Jordan signed. Guess his last deal. Guess Jordan get paid with the Bulls thirty five million dollars a year, thirty five million. Okay, so it was about money back then too. So he he was making more money right, than, they, than players make right now. Trades and players saying I don't want to play for this, and then one player gets traded. Then they're and that started with Kobe. 50. He started yeah. with that silver spoon I'm, shit. I'm not. I'm not saying it didn't start with him. I'm just saying that that is the biggest difference back in the day because you were not going to get a core team stay together. How long was Wade and LeBron down in in Miami? Uh, you uh, know what I mean. LeBron was up in Cleveland. Let me go to Miami. Went two championships back to Cleveland. I get it. That's these guys. Are it's just, different now. They're, they're zipping around city to city, chasing championships. Trying to see, oh, you going here for a year? All right, I'll go there. Let's make a push. Oh, don't work in two years? Oh, let's try something else. You know what I mean? It's I, I, it's, it's crazy nowadays. Oh, so, you know, you bring up a good point. You know, it is. It is all about money. We know it. Okay, these, these contracts are unbelievable. And that's why I never get mad. You brought up Lev Bell earlier, okay? I never get mad for a guy hold out in football because 
I look at guaranteed contracts as the NBA players get, and I watch, you know, they get baby. Yay, Joel can't play back-to-backs, and, and Popovich has this rule where they don't play. He rests his guys. They don't play back-to-back. And here's Lev Bell getting his head smashed in for 16 games. He's got that no security. Right? He's got no security. At any time, they could go, you know what? We're cutting you. You're out. So, a lot of people, you know, that's why I, I, I side with the players when it comes to that. But, you know, you bring up LeBron. You know, there's a lot of talk. LeBron to Philly. Is he coming to Philly next year? And, you know, and for the people out there, can I just say, please, for the love of God, for the people who say, I don't want LeBron here, he's not part of the process. He's, I don't want to win that way. Are you, are you serious? So, wait a minute. So, the best player in the world right now, we don't want him because he's not part of the process. Uh, oh, no, let me tell you, that process is fast-tracked. <laughs> I mean, that yeah. is just fat. That is, Guess what? That that we're is, starting a new process. Is, it's called Process LeBron. Yeah, it's, okay? called, it's called Process Title coming to Philly. <laughs> I mean, in, in all Come reality. Come on, man. In all reality, I mean, you get him. I'll tell you what, with the way that team's improved, you see, you know what MB could do. You know what Simmons can do. Oh, I'll tell you what. I, I, it will be exciting. It will be exciting, man. It definitely will. See, you know, it's it, it's funny, and I, you know, I don't want to say, I'm not going to, you know, put anybody's name out there. It's a good thing, but I, you know, but uh, if he's listening, he'll know who he'll know who I'm talking about. You know, we we had a youth basketball game uh, this weekend, and this one kid. In our age group, is just phenomenal. Uh, he, uh, he's tall. He can play. And it was funny because his dad was keeping score, and he was listening. I'm very vocal on the sideline, like John knows. Um, I, You know, I like to run my mouth a little bit. And uh, I was watching him post up. I was watching him drive, watching him sink foul shots. And I kept saying, wow. I said, Dad, you must be proud, man. A big guy that can make free throws? And like he would, and he just start laughing. I'm like, uh, that was a basketball move. I don't see basketball moves anymore. And his a guy got a chuckle out of it because he's right. I mean, this kid knew how to play the game, man. He, he he's something special. And I, more of these kids need to learn how to play the game the right way. But you know, LeBron, LeBron needs to come here. That's all I'm going to say well, about that. And I wasn't even a LeBron guy, but I, I'm all in. On LeBron coming I, to Philly. I would take him. I don't know I'm if all it's a pipe dream, but I'm going to tell you something that may be even more realistic. What's that? Well, I, hey, the Phillies got, if they can get to a, a decent point this year, and I'll tell you what, if they if they could land Arietta, I think they are, year, by the way. But, well, think to next year. Two biggest free agents in baseball. Who are they? Bryce Harper, Manny Machado. What about Trout? Isn't Trout a free agent? I don't think he's a free agent. No? Okay. Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. Let me tell you. Who are you taking? Who are you taking? Well, hold on. If the Phillies can show. (laughs) I'm getting excited. If the Phillies can show that there's promise, there's a core. Look, we were battling for the wild card up to the day. They know that, hey, they know it's a big city. They can't say it's not a baseball time, you know, with all the World Series parades and everything and how the fans were, like, so enamored. With those Phillies teams, you know what I mean? Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, all them guys. Halliday. I mean, come on. Cole Hamels, across the board. I mean, this town was, I mean, nuts over the Phillies. Absolutely. So, there's no question about the passion of the fan base. If they can show promise this year and land one of those guys, Machado or Harper, now you're, you're, you're... Lunging at me to choose which one I would choose. I'm Harper all day. All day. That's all I'm saying. Give me Bryce Harper. I would I would agree. I'm my, You know why though? Well here go ahead. Mine's so, quick. Go ahead. My natural reaction is yes, Bryce Harper, but what I didn't fully get through was defensively in position need. You know what I mean? But, yes, Bryce Harper is the way to go. And when you're talking about one of the best, you go with the best. So and you, fig- the best. you figure out where everybody else falls into place after that. You know what I mean? So, while I outfield may not be a need, that's not where you don't take them. But if the whole Franco thing, you know, doesn't work out, you know what I mean? 
I don't know. Is that a nice little slide of Machado in there, and you still have? Yeah, people talk about that. People talk about that, but but my main reason is I want Harper because I want his swag. That's one thing this Philly team has zero of. I want swag. I want AI. I want TO. I want that guy who's going to walk on that field and command that feeling like, look at this guy. He's got such a chip on his shoulder. I can't. I want the Mets fans to come here and say, I can't stand that Bryce Harper. Guess what? He's a Philly. That's who I want. I want the guy who's going to smash 45 home runs in that right field bandbox over there at Citizens Bank Park with ease. That's what I want the guy who's going to run hard the first. But, yes, he is, he is an asshole at times, but he does play hard, okay? This guy is a phenomenal baseball player. That's what I want. I want that guy to come out of that clubhouse with that strut, with those sunglasses on, like, yo, yeah, look at me, baby. Look at me. I'm the highest paid player in the world. Right. That's... And I'm playing here over your Philadelphia Phillies. That, and You're not going to get that with Machado. And, and I'm just saying that's the X factor. Right. Of and you're the loud and flashy guy, see? Absolutely. You know what I, want? I don't want the low-key guy. You know what I want? I want 600 <laughs> freaking at-bats, okay? I want 600 at-bats of a smart player. That's going to be smart about it, not cause ripples, not bring me. Oh, stop with the ripples! Not bring me attention. Stop it! Oh, I'll take Bryce Harper in a heartbeat. Believe me, there is no character concern. Like, oh, okay. No, I'm not calling. Well, you said ripples. I thought you were saying he's no, just more a more, and I don't even want to say abrasive personality. I'm just saying there's guys that are low key, and there's guys that are not so low key, and it's not. Hey, every team needs somebody. That's going to be vocal. Have you know to. what I mean? You have to. And you also need the guys that are going to go and perform by example. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, you, gotta, you do. You got to have the balance. You do. So, hey, you, I get it. Uh, Phillies cannot go wrong with either guy. You know what I mean? I get it. And, dude, there's no question. Higher ceiling, I'm going Bryce Harper. That, but yeah, that's... 600, you know, you said you want Harper to come out and, uh, and all I... this stuff. <laughs> And what I'm thinking is, he's going to be on the 15-day DL. <laughs> At least Machado's going to be on the field and actually come out. I knew you were going there. Yeah, listen, but, don't worry about that. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Hey, you know what? I, I hope one of those two come to fruition. So I'll tell you Either what, way, it we'll doesn't matter. Either way, we win. We'll be blessed. Right? Either we'll way, be, it's a win-win. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, let, let, let's, let's, stay, let's stay on the baseball topic. You brought it up. It's a good segue into our fantasy segment. And uh, two guys I want to talk about. Last week we talked about, uh, you know, top ten guys. We talked about Charlie Blackman maybe not producing. Talk about some pitchers with Scherzer and Kershaw. I want to talk about two free agent guys that signed uh, in the past. One guy just signed it yesterday or today, um, uh, but uh, the other guy signed a couple weeks ago. So you got JD Martinez. Uh, JD Martinez, right? Uh, goes to uh, the the Boston Red Sox. Five years, hundred ten million. Uh, you got Eric Hosmer, goes to the Padres, another multi-year deal. Uh, two guys who basically, I think JD's probably more of a masher, I would say. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I'm just, as a fantasy perspective, I think as far as I, I know with JD Martinez, and I know, John, you're the expert with this when it comes to baseball, but I think he's more of a, a strikeout guy as opposed to Hosmer. I think Hosmer may have better opportunities in San Diego to – move runners along to get more hits. I think it's such a crowded lineup uh, with J.D. Martinez. That I, I just don't think there may be a lot of play, a lot of people on base for him uh, or, or, you know, a lot of opportunities for him to to excel because he's not the guy or just a couple guys. He's going to be one of, like, six guys in Boston. Am I right by saying that? Well, yeah, they got a stacked lineup, and I would I'll take a hitter in a stacked lineup before I'm going to take. Yeah, a but where's with... he going to hit that lineup? You think? He'll... You think he's a cleanup guy? He'll be four or five. Okay, he'll be four or five. Hanley's on the downswing of his career. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right? You know what I mean? Definitely. They got Betts, Benatendi, and Jackie Bradley. Not that Jackie Bradley will probably be hitting towards the back of the lineup, but in terms of even in the field. Martinez is going to be your DH. You know what I mean? So yeah, so I did see that. Yep. Hopefully he's staying you know, healthy. And if there's injury, you know what I mean, he could fill in. You know, strikeouts, I, I don't know if he's – Hosmer's not a strikeout guy. He's not going to strike out too much. Right. But, but when you get to the bottom line, even uh, looking at my projections, I have them almost identical across the board. Ribbies. Really? 
Ribby That's interesting. runs, batting average, except for home runs. Where J.D. gets more. J.D. gets a plus 10. Absolutely. J.D. gets a plus 10. And in my rankings in this, I didn't. I haven't updated stats. Not that they'll really change a whole heck of a lot going. You know, Kansas City to San Diego, it's not like that's – Kansas City wasn't burning the, uh, you know, burning the hay, scoring runs across the board. You know what I mean? So it's not – and J.D. Martinez coming from, you know, where he was, he, he was in the hitter's lineup. So going to Boston – I don't see much of a change there either. But I got J.D. at number 26. I got Hosmer at number 34. Wow. J.D.'s at 26? You got 26. Wow, that, that's kind of low, isn't it? I mean, there's guys. I, I'm taking probably. Who's the top four? Who do you got for uh, the top four? 20 to 26. Who you got 20? I'll tell you in one second here. Because now I'm curious. Now I'm thinking. Who you got? And, and these, like I said, I know, I know they may change. It, it's all changing. Right now, I got twenty. Jose Ramirez, George Springer at twenty-one, Corey Kluber at twenty-two, Josh Donaldson at twenty-three, Easy E, Edwin Incarnation. Oh wait a minute, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm confused. Oh, I'm, I'm talking overall. Overall, I'm talking overall. I thought you were just talking about hitters. Oh no, no, no. Oh, no, okay, no, okay, okay, overall. okay. I'm all right, overall. that's my hitters, fault. Hitters only. I got him. Because I'm thinking, wait a minute, dude. That, that I think that's kind of low. You know what you're talking about. I mean, even I got him as the number eleven hitter. Okay, that makes okay. Number now 11 now we're that scared me there for a minute. Yeah, you, no, I didn't know you had pictures uh, yeah, in there. Yeah, I'm just I was just going over okay. the overall rankings, not just hitters. You know, no, that's right? fine. I mean, I, I think that's, I, he's right I, outside the top ten for me. When I talk about rankings, I like to go overall simply because. I don't want to hear J.D. Martinez is 11 because when the 11th pick comes in a draft, that ain't necessarily who no, I'm No, you're right. I mean. You're right. So I mean, I you never know what you're going to get. Absolutely. Though, yeah, I got I got him at 11 just outside. Now, well, that makes more that. sense. That makes more sense to me. Because I mean, I, I'm looking. He, look, I, I got him at 87 runs, 36 homers, 96 ribbies, stolen bases two, and batting 296. I'll tell you what, man. If, he, if, if he's batting close to 300, I mean, I'll tell you what, I think even at 35 prediction, 36 prediction, I think you could push that to 40. And if he, he bangs about 110, you're talking about a top 10 player. Right. I mean, that's a big right. no, that, Let's not forget, this is this is in a day and age where 40 home runs is a big deal. Right? right. So. Hey, you, you need guys, especially in fantasy, if you're not hitting 30 home runs, you're not really uh, worth anything unless you're stealing bases and putting up all the other categories. There's guys out there hitting to- 20 home runs left and right. Now there you is. You can even look at the mid- at the middle infield position, second base, shortstop. There's guys coming out of the woodwork. You know what I mean? So now you're now you're absolutely you know, right. And we, we talk about home runs, and we're we're just to give you a little preview. You, you mentioned home runs and. Again, we're we're up against the time. Again, it's unbelievable how this time flies. But I want to talk about Major League Baseball Hall of Fame uh, next week and uh, talk about some guys, steroid era guys, Barry Bonds, one pertaining and what your feelings are about him getting in, uh, when it'll happen, if it'll happen, and you know about the asterisks, what have you. So that's just a little preview. But again, I mean, this this time flies again. Another fantastic week. I, I like the word fantastic. has a little energy to it. But, um, again, we're going to have some details coming out. I told John earlier about that. Uh, we're going to have a uh, a fantasy league we're going to run. Uh, we'll set it up. It'll be coming out soon because I know March is right around the corner, so i got to get on this. John's been killing me to get it set up. Uh, I'll send some details out. But, again, I just want to thank everybody uh support, listening. Again, I, I can't thank you enough. Go subscribe, please. Uh, we had a phenomenal first month. I can't tell you we were in the thousands, which was unbelievable. Uh, and it really was. That's that's no bullshit. Uh, I was actually surprised when the, the producer let me know. So uh, it's good to know people out there listening uh, on Twitter at the Heat Ratio. We joined that. I mean, I mean, we own that jointly. We're always on there. John at PGH John thirty six. Uh, Tony at Tikatillo twenty three. Uh, you, you know, you can catch us on Facebook. Catch us on Twitter. Uh, email the heat ratio at yahoo.com suggestions thoughts opinions everything man 
lay it out. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to you. We'll like to converse. Everybody have a great week.